We find ourselves today, I told you we were going through a journey in the book of Acts, because we don't spend enough time in that book. So we find ourselves today again in the third chapter of Acts. We will be reading from the 12th verse through the 21st verse. Hear these words. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power and godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of your fathers has glorified the servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see it. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you comfortable? How many of you are sitting on the same pew you sit in every week? Some people I know even told me this morning, I got to go protect my pew. Where do you find your comfort? Why do you sit in the same pew? One of my most comfortable places to be is what I do in the evenings. I put a rear end in my recliner. Why is that? Any of y'all do that? Have your favorite spot to sit in the house and in the evenings? You just kind of find your comfort from the day. And we're comfortable there. In fact, if I get real brave, I put my phone on silent and turn it over so I can't see it. Then I'm real comfortable. Because nobody can get me there right? 
and we're comfortable. We've made our life around us. We live in a house. Some of us may have designed them, have built them ourselves. We, we bought them, we shopped for them, we got them. We put our furniture, our things, the things we love, the things we want. We've gathered the people we love around us and we sit in comfort. And nobody can touch us. You like that? Every evening. Until my wife says, let's play for words for friends. And then my comfort leaves. We find comfort in what we've built and established for ourselves. We find comfort within the walls that we've put around ourselves so that we're secure. We find comfort sitting in our favorite place because we lay claim to that space. And we are comfortable there. As usual, no one sits on the front pew of the sanctuary because they are uncomfortable there you know that i've preached in many churches never unless they are assigned by their obligations to the church to sit on the front pew nobody likes to be uncomfortable do you like to be uncomfortable do you like to be stretched a little bit do you like to be pushed beyond your understanding of what you know and who you are? Do you like to be moved so that you have a new understanding, a new vision? Do you like to try out a new chair, a new place in the house, a, a, new, a new place to go and see and understand? Have you ever just taken a view from the other side of the room? No. You go right back to your chair, to your place, to your comfort. How about you guys in the back? Y'all come sit on the front. And you guys in the front, y'all go sit in the back. That would be too uncomfortable. Today we find Peter talking to a crowd who is uncomfortable with what happened. They're all going to the temple. They're going through the gate beautiful, the big gate that separates the Gentiles' courtyard and the women's courtyard. And they have one more gate they have to go through to get to the, to the, to the Holy of Holies and in, into the... Um, chancellery into where they can offer their sacrifices all those places but they're at the gate beautiful and every week when they get to the gate beautiful the beggars there every week every week when they get to the gate of the ta to the gate of the temple the beggar sits and begs and they've gotten comfortable with him until he encounters Peter and John and Peter and John have no money to give him, but Peter and John have life to give him. And the story preceding this text is the story of Peter and John. Peter reaching out his hand and he says, if you believe, then just stand. And immediately the beggar stands and the legs that were weak and crippled and deformed are straightened and strengthened. And he begins to walk and he begins to jump and he begins to run and he goes in the crowd, amidst the crowd and he tells everybody what has happened. And people in the crowd, they get uncomfortable because God moved. Are we the kind of people that get uncomfortable because we say we believe in a God, we believe in a resurrected Christ, but when that Christ comes to us and that Christ moves in our lives or moves in the lives of the people around us, we become uncomfortable. They can't change 
They've always sat by the gate and asked for money. And the crowd says, how can you do this? They come to Peter and John and they surround Peter and John and they begin to ask those questions. They want to soothe their comfort. They want to go back to things the way they were. And God said, it's not happening. Who, who are y'all? Y'all must be somebody because look what you did. This man has always sat by the gate. This man has always begged. This man has always been crippled. But you changed him. And Peter and John just shake their head. Every week we come and we sit in the same place in church. And we're comfortable. God does not want us comfortable. We don't come here just to say we've been here. We come here to experience the Holy One. And my prayer and your prayer should be when we leave here, we're like the beggar. We have new legs. We have new insight. We have a new heart. We have a new relationship. We have a new understanding of who it is God's calling us to be and who it is God is to us. You see, that's the problem. They didn't know who God was to them. Peter, I love him. Stand up and speak, Peter. Let them have it. You think we did this? You think we did this? There are too many humans in this world that take credit for the work of God, but Peter was not one of them. You think we did this? Do you not? You're standing in the temple. You're standing where you're supposed to know the story. You're standing where the teachings have happened. You're standing where you've heard about the God of Genesis, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Our forefathers, don't you know those stories? The God who parted the Red Sea, the God who set our people free. You don't even know who did this. You're too comfortable. You're too comfortable in your faith because you have found comfort and you've built your faith to where it's comfortable to you. And when faith becomes comfortable to us, we quit living for God. And we've made ourselves the God of our faith. We've forgotten who the Christ is. We've forgotten who the God of Genesis is. We've forgotten who the God of Jacob is. We've forgotten who the God of Isaac is. We've forgotten who the God of Abraham is. We've forgotten about the God who's opened the sea and let his people free. We've forgotten about the God of Moses, the God who provided for his people while they were in the desert. We've forgotten about... Forgotten about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've forgotten about Daniel in the lion's den. We've forgotten and we've become comfortable because we don't want to be pressed out of our comfort zone. And Peter says, shame on you. Shame on you, people of God, that you don't remember. You don't remember what God does for you because you don't want to. You don't want to know who God is. You want to say you believe in God because it looks good on you. You want to come sit on your favorite pew because it looks good that you're here. You want your name checked on the road because it looks good that you're here. What is God doing in your life? What are you allowing God to do in your life? Or have you become so comfortable that you can't even let God in? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. You know who said that? The God of Isaac. 
the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Daniel, the God of Deborah. That God, the God that formed Jesus, the God that knew how to work through people's ignorance. And allow God's self to be revealed in glory. The God who knows how to work through our comfort. It's because we're ignorant. Because we've decided to make ourselves God. And we've decided to paint God in our own picture. Because we think we can explain who God is. Can you explain to me who God is and what God's like? I can't. I can't. And as I tell my youth all the time, when they say, how do you know that? I say, I talk to God twice daily. I know everything. But I can't tell you. I can't tell you what God thinks. I can't tell you God's ways except from what I see God do. And God's ways are not human ways. God did not create us equal with God. God created us in God's image, male and female alike. God created us and God breathed God's spirit into us. But God did not create us equal with God. But yet we live upon an earth to where we think we are God's. We create our castles. We create our kingdoms. We create things around us and we want to be comfortable and we are ignorant to the ways of God. We walk down the street and God is moving. God is acting. And we, all we do is we do the same thing the apostles do. We deny. We deny. You know that person? That couldn't happen to them. They haven't lived a good enough life. Do you know how many times I hear that? Do you know how many times, oh, don't worry about them? Do you know how many times I hear, well, they're, you know, they're in their world. It's okay. You know, they were kind of raised that way. God, really? He sat at the temple gates every day. He needed what the people that came through the temple gates offered. But what he really needed was what Peter and John offered. A belief in Jesus Christ. A belief that says, I believe you rose from the dead. Not a belief that says, oh wait, Pilate, we don't want him, we want Barabbas. Because we want to do it our way, because we are ignorant to the ways of God. God calls us into an understanding and a relationship to where we have to allow God to be God. Do you know what the resurrected Christ looks like? Anybody? Do you know what the resurrected Christ looks like? Again, let me tell you, neither do I. But I know what someone who's been resurrected by the Christ looks like. I recognize the Spirit of God in that person. Because if we claim we're going to be of the resurrected Christ, you know, we're two weeks post-Easter, did y'all forget that? We're two weeks post-Easter, everybody's gone back to their comfortable ways. If we believe in the resurrected Christ, we're in awe of the work of God, but yet we have to, in our lives, do something that we don't like. How you doing today? Anybody ever ask you that? How you doing today? And you know what? I can ask you that and I know what you're walking through and you know what you always say to me? I'm good. Liar. You a bunch of bald-faced liars. Aren't we? 
Can we just confess we lie? All the time. I do it, you do it. How you doing? I'm good, good. Thanks for asking, man. How are you? I'm dying. I'm dying inside, but I can't even be honest with you. God asks us to be honest. We can't even do it with people who look like us, act like us, live in the same place as us. How can we be honest with you? Because every time we want to be honest with you, what do we think? We've let you down. We've let you down. Isn't that what you think when you go before God and you say, okay, God, did you hear my mouth this week? Did you read my mind this week? Right? Did you see how I treated my brother or my sister this week? I'm sorry, God. I am so sorry. And God doesn't say anything. Because God's ways and God's thoughts are different than ours. And God wants a relationship with us, but we have to be honest enough to get out of our comfort zone. And we have to be honest enough to say we're not God. And that God wants a relationship with us. And God wants us to be, what is it when you're not comfortable? You know what the opposite of comfort is? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. You back row boys, y'all want to come sit on the front pew? You know why you don't? Because it makes you vulnerable. And I do that just kidding. But do we want to get that close to God? We've just spent a year being separated from each other. You know why we didn't want to be next to one another? Because we were vulnerable to the virus. How vulnerable are we to God? Are we willing to sit at the gate and beg? And make ourselves vulnerable to the world so that God can move in our lives? God wants us to be honest. Are you an addict? Yes. Do you struggle with certain sins? Yes. Do you have trouble with relationships? Yes. Do you have trouble keeping a job? Yes. Do you have, you know, can you not live up to your mom and dad's expectations? Yes. Do you have family relationship problems? Yes. Do you have kids that are out of control? Yes. God doesn't ask that question once. But you have to be honest enough to say to God, God, I don't know. Who did this? Who's in control of your life? No one but the resurrected Jesus. And you claim that as your salvation. You claim that as your Messiah. You've been baptized in the power of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But yet you don't want to be honest with God. You don't want to be vulnerable. I mean, I'm a big guy, and I don't like to be vulnerable. I like to be in control. I like to be in charge. I like to think that I can overcome any situation I'm in, that I have the smarts and the physical gifts to do whatever it is, whatever jam I get myself in, I can get myself out of it. But life has proven otherwise. There are times when I have to be honest with God and say, God, I put myself as God in my world, and I've forgotten that I'm a child of the risen King. That I'm a child of the one who sits next to your right hand. I'm a child of, of Jesus Christ, the God who brought Jesus Christ to walk amongst humanity. Who would ever do that? That's how much our God loves us. God works in such ways God wanted to encounter us. God knows our creation, knows our mind, knows our thoughts, knows our actions. And God wants to encounter us. And God sent Jesus in the human form to be 
to walk among us. And we crucified him every day of our lives. We crucified. And God continues to show up. God continues to show up and say to us, I love you. Be healed. Take my right hand and be lifted up and let me walk with you in life. Be comfortable in love. That's all God asks of us. To lay down our ignorance. To allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And to be honest enough to say, God, I need you. You are the God. My ways are not your ways. And I'm willing, because we have free will, I am willing to go where you send me, to do what you ask me to do, and to be who it is you're creating me to be. Guys, Gals, let's get out of our chairs. Let's get up and get on our knees. And let's be vulnerable with God. And let's see what God can do. For God is ahead of us and has a plan to encounter us. Let us get up and walk. Let us get up and jump. And let us get up and celebrate that God is in our presence and doing great things among us. Amen and amen.
if ever there were a place of comfort, 